tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Overtired. Uh, due to scheduling conflicts, we could not arrange to have both Christina and Jeff on the show at the same time this week. So because last week was just a boys week with just Jeff and me, Brett Terpstra. Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra. Welcome to Overtired. Um, (laughs) Because we had just done an all boys show, we really wanted to bring uh, Christina in. So this is Brett Terpstra, Christina, and special guest, friend of the show, Brian Guffey. How are y'all? I'm I'm tired. You're tired. I'm so tired. You're so tired. I'm overtired. Um, you're overtired. You're also overexcited, right? Because you've got a new. Uh, we're going to go into mental health corner, but but I but I wanted you to be able to like get out your excitement because uh, you're. Yeah, I am very excited. I have a new baby on the way. Um, it's a little chunkier than my old baby, um, and it is a new Ma- base base model Max Studio. And I'm just going to say that through the magic of people I know and trade-ins, I'm going to get a base model Mac Studio for $800, baby. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I'm really excited. So excited. That's I can't awesome. believe I have to wait almost the rest of the month. What? What? Is, you're trading in a, a Mac Mini, correct? M1 Mac Mini, yeah. How much should you get trade-in for it? 400 Yeah. Okay, that's what they offered me. Uh, and then a, a couple people on on Twitter offered me five hundred to sell it yeah. directly to them. Nice. So I I think I'm going to do that. But also, my whole home automation system and my media server are still running off a 2012 Mac Mini in my basement. Mm. And maybe maybe it's time to upgrade that and just like kind of move down the chain a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I have money now. I was gonna say, if you don't have to get rid of it, like five hundred dollars, if if like you feel like you would get more than five hundred dollars in value out of it by having it and like maybe right. moving it down the chain, which I owe the IRS like sixteen hundred dollars and I got that total and I'm like, cool, got that, no problem. Right. And that is the first time in many years that someone has presented me with a $1,600 bill and I've been like, oh yeah, no problem. Cool. I'm basically rich now. I'm basically a billionaire. <laughs> I love this for you. So are you, are you going to buy Twitter um, uh, next? Or are you going to become a, I was thinking be like get, maybe get... 5%. Ah, uh, man, you don't want to, you don't want to go 10, just a little more than him. I was going to say, if we do 10, then we can get Brian um, like more followers. Like we can like force like the, honestly, can't can we just do right. that with cash money without being on the board? I mean, probably yeah, but we want was, good followers. the board be fun. Yeah. yeah. The, the board be fun. <laughs> we want, I don't we know. want the good followers. Like all of the employees at Twitter, like now there was there it's their requirement to follow me. <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. So mental health. How about that mental health? Let's <laughs> let's ask Brian first. Brian, how's your mental yeah, I heard health? That My mental health is like at this moment it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been a bit of a shit show the past like month. I it's just been a rough relationship time. I've been in the oh, anytime you say anything to me possibly critical, I have to get very upset right away and tell you that you're wrong. We talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Um mm-hmm. but it has been up until like last week it was really really 
rough and just like moments where you're like, is this going to work? Um, but my therapist told me once again that I, um, God, my boyfriend is always right. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the worst thing right there. I was like, maybe you should just see Nathan uh, because obviously like, I don't know, you guys are best friends, but uh, I've chilled out a bit and it's been helping. So also, I take my Adder- I take that extra Adderall in the evening, and it helps too. <laughs> you take Adderall in the evening. I take Adderall at th- well, I take Adderall at three p.m. Sometimes it's late oh, as wow. five if I forget. Like that's a the, that's like the extra boost. Not the XR version of Adderall, though. No, we do XR and Stratera in the morning, and then the boost. Like it's just I think it's just a ten milligram boost. Uh, I wish my doctor would give me that. Yeah, and that if I don't take that, you better watch out because I will I will start a fight. It sounds like if you were in a cis-hetero relationship and it were being skewered by a male comedian, yep. you would be the man. Yes. Did I set that up right? I feel like feel like that made sense in my head. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, and I would be the man <laughs> because I would be the one that was like, yeah, totally. Um, I will tell you exactly what's wrong, but it's always something <laughs> wrong. And it's never my fault. Yeah. I I am very used to being wrong in any argument with any partner yeah. in any romantic sense. Male or female, it doesn't matter. I'm just used to feeling very much like I am correct. Very much feel like I am right, but I am incapable of winning a debate. I do not debate <sighs> well, and I generally just have to accept I either am wrong or in or am incapable of defending my belief that I'm right. Interesting. Okay, so you're not, but I, I'm guessing based on what you just said there, you're not really conceding in most cases that you're wrong. Secretly, you're still thinking you're right. You just don't. Sure. Mess. Like in my head, I might be right, but for all intents and purposes, I have to be wrong you've got to yeah you got to be wrong because you just you're not able to to win the argument because if it's if it's a if it's a an academic debate i might stand a chance but if it's like who was the last person to wash the dishes i can't i'm out i can't prove anything like i do not have the contextual evidence to say here's why i know i was the last person washing dishes and here are all of the surrounding events that will trigger your memory and prove that I am right. I never have that. I never have it. I, I do appreciate that both of you seem to like care about like who was the last person to do the dishes was because to me, it'd be like, I did the dishes last. And I'm like, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who does the dishes in the house. I took over the kitchen for some reason when I moved in, like washing dishes is really peaceful to me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, the, no, that's really nice. Yeah, I, I do not have a domestic bone in my body for this sort of thing. And I would rather pay someone to do some of those things for me. And um, when I, I can't, you know, I like things get out of control. But yeah, I, 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 I in, in fairness to myself, I've never pretended it otherwise like i've never like pretended like oh yeah i'm i'm a great you know like domestic like like i'm a great great the whole cleaning and you know picking up after things person oh my God. never never pretended that Same. never pretended housekeeping housekeeping is in in so it's it's me adhd bipolar person with 
a partner who is autistic and mm-hmm. for her to get to a place of cleaning the house it's 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 much the same as mine but she's more capable of pushing through that wall of awful right but when when she's in house cleaning mode it's angry like there's no way for her to get to vacuuming without being angry first and then i just have to go hide because like I'm fucking incapable right. of of like if someone tells me, hey, we really need the kitty litter box cleaned and then vacuum the floors. I that's that's clear directive. I can do that. I can say, OK, this is now my job. But if someone is just clearly in housekeeping mode and right. I look around, I don't see I don't see where I fit into it without being no, explicitly need- told. Yes. And 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 you probably are being more helpful by just getting out of the way. I, and just I like, have tried. I've been like, "Hey, how can I help?" But when someone is already pushing through a wall of awful, and exactly. they're already angry, they do not have the capacity to delegate. Yep. And right. asking them, "What should I do?" is just one more stress in the whole thing. And I, so yeah, you you are correct. It is. The most helpful thing I can do if I don't see where I can fit in is just get out of there. This reminds me. Sorry, go on. Okay, so just real quick, this reminds me when um, when when we moved from New York, um, uh, Microsoft paid to have these amazing like movers come in and they packed literally everything up. Like they pack up your garbage. Like they go so fast. Like it's one of those things. And and they you know shipped across the country. And then when we got um, when we finally got an apartment, like you know they they unloaded all the boxes and stuff. It was it was excellent. But it was a stressful process because we'd been in that apartment for seven years, and you have people coming in. You know like boxing everything up, and and I I could not deal with it. It was just it was going to drive me crazy. So one of the best things that Grant did was he just like told me to get in a cab and go into deep Brooklyn to go to cable vision to return the cable box. And so I returned the cable box and then I went um, to like the mall or something and, and did some shopping because, and until they were done because I just could not be in the house while all that was happening. And that was really great of him to be like, just leave. And I was like, you know what? That'll be better for all of us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See you later. I, um, that's why I sort of like, I took over specific things that are my job, but I also have to make sure that they're done at particular times. Cause Nathan, I mean, lived by himself for a couple of years. And before that was like in a relationship with somebody who was like, we need things to be organized all the time. And Nathan is, a, has like, the best memory ever and is far too smart. So like, like you, Brett, I just believe when he tells me that I did something or didn't <laughs> right. do something because I can't You're remember. Like, okay. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It makes, but you know, so, um, if I have not cleaned a thing, then, and he suddenly gets into cleaning mode, then he will clean the thing. And then I am mad because that's my job to clean the thing. <sighs> okay. So here's what I've worked out with my girlfriend is I have certain response take the kitty litter, for example, like she is extremely smell sensitive and mm-hmm. she can clean the kitty litter with a lot of coughing and gagging me. No effect. Like, I don't care. I can clean kitty litter all day long. So obviously that is something that should be my job. 
But I also, due to lack of any sensitivity, will not notice when the kitty litter needs to be Uh cleaned nearly Mm -hmm. as soon as she will. So Uh we have an agreement that all she, she is welcome without it being nagging. She is welcome at any time to say, hey, can you do the kitty litter? And to just let me know that now is the time to do this thing that I have taken responsibility for. And I, it doesn't offend me. Like, it doesn't come across as nagging. It's just I need her to tell me when it's bothering her so that I can do what I've agreed to do because I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm not going to I'm not going to realize it soon enough. So we just have this agreement that she can just tell me it's time. Yeah, I've been trying to get Nathan to understand. I'm like, you just just say the thing. Yeah. Just tell me the thing. Like, I will never be upset if you're like, stop. Yeah. Go do this. Like, yeah. And I will try to remember things. I really will. But like, it's so hard to like for it to stay in my brain. Yeah. He, He needs to understand your ADHD. And what that means as far as housekeeping. Yeah. Going to Working. couples counseling with an ADHD counselor was great for us. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For for a partner to understand exactly, like, it's really easy for uh, outside people to see ADHD housekeeping tendencies as some kind of, like, moral failing. Uh, But if they can truly understand what it's like inside my head uh, being faced with house cleaning, they can come to a place of empathy and understanding and actually work with me. And when you're working with me, we can get a lot done. Like, I'm not incapable of vacuuming the floors. It's just a matter of getting me to a point where I actually do it. Right. Yeah. Which just takes a little understanding. And yeah, honestly, if anyone if anyone is ADHD or autistic and is in a relationship with someone who doesn't have your particular particular mental illness, go to counseling. Go to counseling with someone who understands neurodiverse thinking. It'll it'll it's great for relationships. It's amazing. It's a really good tip, actually. I bet that that would be useful even if you both are neurodiverse and even if you both oh, have some of the same things. Absolutely. I bet it would be, be useful then because even if you know it, it's different than being able to like internalize how it might be for someone else. Yeah, because you can know something full well about yourself, but seeing it in someone else can drive you insane, even though it's the same as in you. And that's partly yeah. like nothing drives you more insane in other people than things that actually reflect parts of yourself. That's the most I learned that in 12 step programs. The thing that most annoys you about someone else is probably something you also see in yourself. I'm full of interesting tidbits today. We have 100 percent. We have a book. I got him a book. It's it's called Is It You, Me or ADHD? Oh, really? Yeah. And it's about uh, it's actually a woman who uh, her husband has ADHD and she started support group. And so this is like just conversations and experiences of the people of the partners in the support group. Um, Oh, that's great. Yeah. um, We were about to start going through and reading it. And then of course we found out his contract wasn't being renewed. So, Uh but we're going to work, you know, so we're just dealing with that right now, but yeah, like that's the, 
that's the thing that we're working through because it is sometimes he's like I it's so hard for him to believe that I'm not just being lazy or ignoring things because he can't understand how my brain works is it you me or adult ADD stopping the roller coaster when someone you love has attention deficit disorder that's what that's what my search link app gave me as a as a result is that the one yep all right Cool. If you're suffering from way too many subscription syndrome, there is a way out. And you don't even have to talk to anyone. Let Truebill do the work and set you free. Average users save $720 a year using Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people are saving thousands a year with Truebill. See all your subscriptions in one place, keep the ones you want, cancel the ones you don't right from the app. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. No talking to humans, no difficult conversations. I personally have been using Truebill for a while now. In addition to seeing all of my subscriptions and notifying me of changes, I also love how it categorizes my income and spending to help me budget without ever having to do any traditional bookkeeping because I suck at paperwork, especially bookkeeping, and Truebill makes it all automatic. Start canceling your unused subscriptions at Truebill.com slash overtired. Go right now, Truebill.com slash overtired. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash overtired. One more time for the people in the back, Truebill.com slash overtired. How is that? Did I do a good job? You did a great job. I'm very excited to try Truebill. I honestly, okay, this is this is outside the ad read, but honestly, like it tells me exactly how much I've spent every month and where I've spent it without me having to actually do anything. And that has been like really valuable to me because that's awesome. Yeah, I can't keep books to save my life. I can't either. And I, I, I have things on different accounts and whatnot. And I've been meaning to sign up for this for a while and now I'm actually absolutely going to because they even have, they even have services for tax time to see where all your expenses were. Right. Right. Yeah. It it made life much easier for me this year because my typical approach is to basically load up Amazon purchase history Mm -hmm. and just mark off all the things that I can write off as like podcasting or, or indie dev expenses. And then I go through and I collect all of the totals and then I have homemade system services that create totals from my totals. Uh, like all, all dollar amounts in selection totaled. And, and that's how I do my taxes. But, but Truebill offers an, an easier way to get reports and I love it. That's awesome. I actually um, have to think about that because the podcast, we just finished season one, did very well. And oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, and we launched a a Kofi like after mm-hmm. episode nine, and we're able to recoup costs. Wait, a what? Season. Did you say Kofefe? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's it's K O F I, so it's like coffee. Yeah, it used to be buy me a coffee. Do you remember buy me a coffee, Brett? No. Yeah, it's like it mean it's it's a proto Patreon originally. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say it, it's 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 like one click Patreon. Okay, but we were cool. able to 
recoup. I mean, we were able to make back all the money that I spent on editing. That's awesome. Yeah. So and we're going to start a Patreon, but I realize now, like, all that money's just going into my bank account. And <laughs> so? I have four co-hosts. Yeah, but I don't, like, I want to make sure it's organized right. Right. And then I, like, want that ability to, like, have a business, because then you can get, like, business credit. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Or we could be. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at that part. All of the money from Overtired comes to me directly, and then I have to do all the math to yep. pay my co-hosts, and, and ah. it gets complicated because taxes and and we have slightly different shares because I do all the editing, and it it's math. There are a lot of percentages involved in the calculations. Drives me nuts. Yeah, I have a I have a legal like aid plan through work and i think i'm just gonna go to them and be like how do i start an llc <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if you have that i i used one of those like llc in a box services that was like 200 dollars or something um to to set mine up because because it went through the process and then um i mostly did it because i needed a, a tax id number which you can actually get for free um and then you can i mean a lot of it you can do you know um uh, depending on, on your state like you can do most of it online but those some of those services make it easier but yeah i'd reach out to your um business um uh like your your whatever your your yeah. law plan is um we uh i had one of those at microsoft when i was at microsoft so um which I never used, which was a shame because I paid money for it every month. So you should definitely use it and see how they can help you out and form your LLC for sure. So this, this, uh, this talk of Patreon is a perfect segue into one of the topics I have on our list. However, Uh first I want to know, Christina, how's your mental health? My mental health is pretty good. So I was not on the show last week because I was stressed because I was about to start a new job. And um, so for listeners who are now listening, um, I have now been at, I uh, started a new job. I um, am now at GitHub, which is really, really exciting. So that's been really good. So it's it's interesting because it's the same, like Microsoft owns GitHub, but it is a different company like the tools are different my email is different i have a different badge like the offices are different payroll is different insurance is different benefits like there are some things that are the same and and i still have like a way to have like a microsoft email account and i can still collaborate with some people internally but more of it is different than than the same so um i'm now like you know um now like day um i guess uh, 7 and um it's good um it's just uh still getting used to everything right so it's like jumping into a fire hose and and trying to kind of like get up to speed with how everything works and what the differences are and having to kind of break my brain from like the 5 years of and i i didn't think that i would ever like internalize so much Microsoft processes, but I did. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, and I'm not like having, I'm not opposed to it or anything, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, right. So this is what, what we do, you know, like just seeing how different companies run and, and are organized. So my mental health is good, but I'm also kind of overwhelmed if that makes any sense. So when you're working for GitHub, do they, Mm -hmm. do they unnecessarily distribute everything as PowerPoint presentations like even when it doesn't make sense to no yeah that's what i thought no no everything is a pull request everything is an issue oh everything God. like yeah it's 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 like your dream um 
<laughs> and yeah. still I failed. Okay, we're not going to talk about works my my work stuff cuz you know, this is public, but <laughs> but I did fail to apply for a position at GitHub. Well, you know what? You'll I'm sure you'll have other opportunities and um if that's the case, I I now am working there, so I will have much more insights into being able to talk you up. For any Oracle employees listening, I do actually love my job at Oracle, and the reason I didn't apply for an open GitHub position that would have been perfect for me is I just I I don't I don't have any reason to leave Oracle at this point, and it really got in my head, and that were, there was like this whole existential crisis around like. <laughs> even applying for another job <laughs> yes about yeah i know that feeling you know i was i've been thinking about the same thing been having a conversation about do i stay where i am do i go somewhere else i know i could get make a lot more money on the open market but you're right i love the company that i'm at and and being an adhd person and going to a new company is like oh I got to learn everything all right. over again. Well, I and have you to have to how to work with people. Have you been mm-hmm. have you been honest with your higher ups about yeah. your about ADHD and stuff like that? Mhm. Yeah. And so the idea of starting a new job means you have to break that ground all over again and that is a very disconcerting conversation to have. Right. No, most definitely. Most definitely. And and I think that there's something to be said you know, if you're in the tech industry, even a little bit right now, like the open job market is so competitive right now, you can make way more money. Like I could have made more money not going to, to GitHub if I'd gone to like a, an external company completely. I could have made a lot more money. Really? Um, like, oh, yeah. Did you make like, pretty good go- money, Christina? I do. And I, I, I could have if I'd gone to Amazon or Google or Twitter or, or Meta or one of those. Um, we're just being honest here. I could have doubled my salary. Really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You make yeah. so much money. Okay, sorry. I don't make that much money, but but like I don't make that much money, but like I mean I do well, but like it's it's but I but I could have I could have doubled my salary, um, uh, at least with options and stuff. Um, but for me it was a similar thing as what you're saying, Brian. Like I think there's something to be said if you like where you are, there's a benefit to that. Now I think that at a certain point, if you know what the potential is, other places that can obviously and I think should you know like make it possible to have conversations about okay are is is the place you're at are they willing to work with you or whatnot but there's more to this stuff than just like the bottom line you know you got to think about am i happy with where i'm working do i want to start the process of having to start on a new team all over again and whatnot in my case i actually i'm so excited about the team that i'm on i'm so excited about working on what i'm going to work on and 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 i you know have um nothing but kind things to say about like my team at, at microsoft but i was also looking for a new challenge and so i wanted something new and and i it, and if it hadn't been github and if it hadn't been another company it probably would have been another team at microsoft so it was perfect for me because i was like okay of all the places i would want to go this is like the, the place that I want to go. But yeah. if you're not feeling that, like I totally respect people who are like, you know what, even if I could get more money or, or even if it seems like it's a good thing, if it's not like feeling fully pressing, like oh. there's, okay, uh, uh, let, me, let me put it this way. If someone reaches out to me or if someone were to directly reach out to, to one of you and were to say, I would like to talk to you about a job 
no matter how happy you are, I always encourage people to always take the conversation no matter what. But if it's if it's you who are actively going to go through the process of of filling out an application and and thinking about like what it would take to go through the interview loop and all that, that's a little bit different. I gotta Ooh. I gotta say, if you're working in the tech industry, having GitHub on your resume, even a six month stint at GitHub, has got to be good for you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I mean, so far the team is great. It's really nice. I'm back on Slack. Um, Are you happy about that? Oh, I'm so happy. I just I'm so happy. Had better gift support. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I know. I know. Because you, I, I actually, this was the thing. I, I actually, I, I realized that I was like, oh, actually, like the the gift support on Teams is better at this point. Um, you you know, I, that's yes. how I say it. Mm. Yes. Yes, we're not going to have this battle right now. We don't. Nope. This is an unnecessary <laughs> battle. But yes, man. So Oracle has this thing in their Slack where all personal conversations, all DMs disappear after like one month. Oh, wow. Ah. Your history is just erased. And people mm-hmm. you had a conversation going with, you have to want, you have to start a brand new fresh DM with. After I think it's 30 right. days, but sometimes it seems like yeah. it's even less than that. Yeah, they might have different retention periods depending on the the, the channel and, and the type of conversation. Yeah, my manager recently set up individual channels for all of his reports. Like uh, every one of us now has a, a Manish Brett channel just because that is the only way to preserve the history. Otherwise, you're. Your conversations, all of the links you've shared, That's all so of the things you've figured out are gone with the wind. It's horrible. Like, why would you uh, do that? What's the point? Um, okay, so so you know the joke um, about, um, you know, like the org charts for the tech companies? You know that joke? Mm-hmm. No. You know, the, you know the thing I'm talking about? Okay, there's, it, it, there, there's like a thing where it shows like what the org charts look like at all the companies. And like at Apple, I think that it was everybody going internally, like to the CEO, you know, who's like Steve Jobs. At Microsoft, you have a bunch of fiefdoms where everybody has guns to each other's heads and, and, and are all trying to shoot each other. Um, uh, Google and Facebook, I think they have various things. And then Oracle's is like, shows a certain amount of engineers and a certain amount of something else. And then a much, much bigger group is lawyers. <laughs> so, so, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm finding the, the graphic to put it in. And so when I hear that, I think that that is completely like a lawyer thing where they're like, yep, we have had to turn Absolutely. over, um, like- uh, you know, stuff in discovery and whatnot. And so we are doing everything we can to limit what we keep, and yeah, because we don't after, want to have to deal with that. After a year of struggle, Oracle and entirely with Oracle legal teams, uh, after a year of struggle, Oracle finally has a public Slack where developers can come oh, hey. get help, uh, converse with each other, talk to Oracle directly. It took a year of basically pleading and and uh, conforming to all of these legal requirements to actually put out a public Slack just for the devil. It's not like not like anyone's letting and like developers into Oracle's internal channels just to have a public Slack took so much legal maneuvering. It was insane. Wow. Anyway, so in brief, my mental health is uh, five ants 
after like a week of feeling jittery, now it's doing shit for me. And I asked my doctor if we could up my dosage. And she said I had to wait until the next time we met, which isn't too far off. And that's fine because something is better than nothing. But I'm scraping by for now. I'm, I think I'm depressed. I, I can't. It's not like the depression I was getting after like manic episodes when I would like fall mm-hmm. into deep depression. Yeah. It's just kind of like I would rather. So I in my little so I called it a den in the last episode and uh, people in our discord suggested words like lair or theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Yes, that yep. that came from Harold Chris Harold. Um, so I'm going to go with lair, uh, because I, I don't have, you can, if you say, <laughs> if you say theater, but you mean theater with an RE to be slightly pretentious, then you have to spell it. So I'm going to go with lair in my lair. I added backlighting to my TV. So the entire wall behind my TV lights up based on the colors on the screen, but nice. I, I can put it in music mode. And it has a microphone and all of the hue lights in the room sync with Spotify. So now I can play any music I want to in the entire room turns into a sensory experience. And I don't know if you've ever seen The Accountant. But like there are scenes where he turns on strobe light, blasts metal, and then like has a roller that he ro- rolls across his shin for like just complete sensory overload. And that is something I've done my whole life uh, as a stress reliever. It's just complete sensory overload. And right now, for some reason, for whatever reason, I'm finding this this room full of light and sound to be extremely therapeutic for me. So I'm loving it. I see the org chart you posted, Christina. Yes. In our show notes. That's good stuff, right? Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> amazing. All right. We'll put it in the show notes. People can catch up on their own time. Speaking of Patreon, I just upped my subscription, my donations, my contributions to Polygia. And I can't remember if we've talked about Polygia on the show before. Probably. But so it Apologia comes from the Greek word like. I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna try to define it. But it's about Christianity. It's about gotcha. apologetics. Um, apologia. You his have name talked is about apologetics before. <laughs> yes, definitely. His name is Paul. He he is a former Christian who takes a look at the claims of Christians. That's his tagline, and yes. he let his Patreon let you pay per episode. Instead of like a monthly contribution, and he is prolific, <laughs> which is great to me. And I upped my contribution from like one dollars to five dollars per episode he publishes, which is multiple episodes a month. And I have never felt better about supporting a YouTube a YouTuber. Yep. Than I do with Polygia. His so. Like these these arguments I've had with my parents, especially regarding evolution, um, my I, I asked my dad one morning at breakfast in the midst of a blow up, 
if I sent you links, if I sent you educational links, would you read them? And he said, yes. And so I searched and searched and the best resources I found for having this, because as mentioned previously, I suck at debate. Like I can't, I can't sit there and present you with facts and not that that would do any good in a very emotional conversation, but I, I can't, I can't win a debate, but Apologia has this series of, of responses he did to a creationist, like, here's why creation is real. And then he deconstructed very calmly and without being sarcastic or mean, he deconstructs these claims. And it was, it's exactly what I needed. And so I wrote a four page email to my dad, which I still have not sent. I have not broken that seal yet. But as soon as I had finished the email, I went and signed up for Apologia's Patreon because I'm like, you are having the conversation I need to have with my parents for me. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up with a uh, a Christian background, too, but I grew up in the United Church of Christ, which is like the whole other side of things. Um, they're very liberal. Like, I didn't even know that it like that there were Christians who didn't like gay people until I was a <laughs> senior in high school. It was a, a revelation, I got to tell you. That, oh, that's so interesting. I mean, I grew yeah. up Episcopalian and they're good with the gays, but they're but it's also like. I, but I also grew up around a bunch of Baptists, so yeah, I, you know, yeah. I, I was definitely aware that wasn't the, the norm. Yeah, it's the UCC ordained its first gay person in the seven in 1972. Um, so, and it's always been a very justice-focused like church. But like, uh, one of the big things is that like the UCC has like a lot of scientists and people who. You know, it struggle it, it or like it wrestles a lot with like, oh, we gotta balance the science versus this. But I have had a lot of experience with fundamentalism and every time I listen to you talk about the struggles you have with your parents, I my heart goes out to you because I know people like that. And I know that experience of like just not being like people they just simply have their belief and they won't budge. My and parents so still I'm 43 and my parents have no idea I'm pansexual. Yeah. Like they they would never be able to wrap their minds. And I've known this about myself since I was about 12 years old. Oh. And right. I have never been able to talk about this with my parents or be at all honest about this with my parents. It's been and my brother wonders why I'm so traumatized by my upbringing. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, is that like you're, it's it's probably like a a valid and probably a correct move for you to not have that discussion with them, right? I don't like, see a point to it. Like, no, I, I was gonna say, I was I was like, you your partner is is a woman, and it, I think it would be different if your partner were a man. Yeah, but your partner is a woman, and so they're not going to understand, and they're not going to be able to offer you like this sort of, you know what I mean, like. So it's almost like why why put yourself through the pain? If at of some point, it? if at some point a relationship with a guy becomes anything other, or a guy or anyone else, sure. becomes anything other than like a uh, uh, fling, yeah, I'm gonna have right. to have that conversation. 
But until that's the until that's the case, why? I feel like it's it's a rattlesnake's nest. I don't need to poke. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. My parents told me I was gay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, they called me into they called me into their room when I was fourteen, and they said, uh, "We know you're gay." Um, <laughs> that's gotta that's that's gotta be kind of nice honestly i mean it was but i of course being a theater kid and very dramatic was upset i was gonna say i, I was gonna say i was gonna say you had the big dramatic flame i was like no i'm not well no don't I, tell me what no, I, am. I was just mad that they wouldn't let i that i didn't get to do it oh you're mad that, like you didn't get to have like the big like, no, like performative like dramatic, coming out moment. right and then have somebody be mad at me and all of this. And so then when they yes. were like, we don't think you should tell people because we're worried about your safety. Then I was like, you just don't care about me. You You're just don't understand me. Your, your, you know, your standing in the community. They were right, by the way. It was not great. <laughs> um, but, you know, also, like, they had, this is after they had found porn on my computer many times. Um, also, oh, <laughs> they had yeah. evidence. It was an yeah. evidence-based claim. It was an evidence-based claim. Also, I just think about how my parents used to take the keyboard from my computer and put it in like their in one of the drawers of like their they had like the big headboard thing that had like the two, you know, it like is very thing in the nineties where like it would have drawers and stuff on the side of the bed if you had like a big king bed. Yeah, in the master bedroom. Storage. Yes, exactly. Um, that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> but uh, they thought that that would keep me from using my computer when they weren't home. Right. It's so cute. And I just like went in and got the keyboard. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, of course you did. Right. Like, I always I always knew um, uh, like my parents never did that because in fairness to them, I think. Well, I don't know. It's either. No, because they never would have dealt with that with my sister because she wasn't into computers and um, whatnot. But I think that I'd worn them down at that point because she's six years older. And I think they just gotcha. weren't going to with me. But I also feel like there I think there would have been a part of them that they would have realized the futility of doing that. Because like I remember at one point I was put on computer restriction and uh, I put a password on the computer. <laughs> and that really, 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 really made them angry because then my dad couldn't get on the computer. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have two That's options. It's called parental here. control, dad. Great. Well, I mean, yeah, like, like well, parents. I mean, the- Exactly. Exactly. Well, that, well, that's the thing too, is that at a certain point, like they were like, I was the one who would have had to set up all the parental control software. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no way that they could have done anything with me. So, so, but, but I totally understand that. Yeah. Like they, they take the keyboard away. Cause I had friends who their parents would do that. And I was like, how dumb are you? You're just going to go and find it. You know, exactly where it is. It's going to be in some, you know, on, on some shelf someplace. Like, are, are do, do they think that you're like, just not going to get the keyboard in worst case? Cause I did actually have like one friend who I think they're I think their mom or somebody I think she like took the keyboard with her in the car or something okay keyboards are not expensive it's pretty easy to just find somebody's ps2 keyboard and then yeah, just get yeah. another one and like hide it under your bed like it's not it's not the end of the world man so like my parents took my cds out of my room and they would take my records out of my room because I'm a kid of the 90s I had both vinyl and cds and tapes but uh, but they would never fuck with my computer. Like they never, they never mess with it. Like I built my own machines. I always had a computer and it was always like my most 
prized possession. And it's not that my parents didn't know how these things work. Like my dad got our first computer in like 1984 and like he knew what was up, but for some reason they never, I, as far as I know, they never even booted my machine to see what, to see what I was doing. I ran my own BBS. They never checked on what they had no idea what was happening. They left my computer alone and thank God that could have gotten messy. Yeah. There were these, like, there were these text-based porn. Like when you run a BBS, you can run like interactive games and they're like text-based games. And there was one that was very adult themed and, uh, a BBS I had been like, uh, like a member of, uh, they made me a sysop when I was like 15 and mm-hmm. I immediately jumped into the adults only section and, oh, of course. and they found yeah. out, they tracked my history. They took away my privileges. So I just ran the same app on my own BBS and like that could have gotten ugly. It, like if they sure. if they had seen my history with that game, we're talking. It got it got dirty. It was filthy as fuck. And if they had any idea, they would never see me the same way again. Like this is a kid who called them from from rehab to say, "Mom, I've been hooked on heroin for eight years. I need a ride home." And still, I think this would have been worse for them. But I mean, yeah, which which is why it's good that they I have a feeling that they might have kind of deep down known some of that, which is why they let you just do things on your own computer. (laughs) Out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? I hope so. I hope they have some idea. Otherwise, they're completely oblivious. I mean, like, not that my parents had the ability to do um, like any of that stuff. But if they did, I would like to think that they wouldn't have wanted to know that. Yes, I absolutely had um, when I was like 12 and 13 years old, I absolutely had grown men on the internet trying to like, like, you know, like to catch a predator with me, like 100%, (laughs) like, 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 like the Chris Hansen dudes were, were all up like in the chats and asking me all kinds of inappropriate questions. And I was like, not having it, but like that stuff was happening, right? Like, like people were attempting to groom me. Um, uh, Little did they know that, that I really enjoyed fucking with them. um, And, uh, was was not was not there for that but um they would have been horrified by some of the stuff that and some of the conversations i had and i i have i have to think that there's a part of them who's just like you know what don't want to know yeah well okay so when i was in my teens and 20s i was super curious about what my partners were writing in their personal journals and i would snoop and I regretted mm-hmm. it every time I did. Now I'm in my 40s and I don't want to fucking know what you're writing in your journal. That is your space and I yep. want nothing to do with it. And I feel like once you get to a certain age, you understand yes. that people's privacy is private for a reason. And yes. you Absolutely. don't need to know certain things. You'll <sighs> be happier if you don't know certain things. Really? Exactly. You really do not want to know. I mean, because this is the thing, like, we used to have a thing, like, we would, like, break into each other's emails and things like that, and then (laughs) we'd find stuff out about each other, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Like, I found out, like, I I knew he was gay, but then I really (laughs) knew he was gay. Yeah. And and, and we were, like, 15, and I, like, felt like such an asshole, because then, like, he wasn't out, and, like, we didn't ever have a conversation about it, and so I had to, like, 
yeah. 10 like. Yeah. And, uh, like, and you should never a, have known that. That wasn't I never should have known know. that. It wasn't mine to know. And what, we'd had this game to see who could break into each other's email first. And I guess he didn't realize how quickly I got into his and couldn't delete so his, his email newsletters. So and, and so I, I never told him because it was one of those things. Like When I found that out, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is not actually a good game. to. Ha- this is actually not a good game to play. This is this yep. is not a good game to play. But like that was like but like you like going through like you know a partner's like journal like you think that you want to know those things and then you realize nope actually I really don't. I was way happier before I knew that you thought this even in right. even so a journal represents things that you you think but maybe don't consider necessary to tell other people. They're sure. they're very internal thoughts. And just because someone writes something in a journal doesn't make it real. It's right. just a thought that it's they just, had that they, didn't, at that time. they didn't consider worth sharing. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and sometimes, and sometimes it's just what you're working out emotionally. You know, it's like it's like your brain. It's like, you know, I, th- I think it's one of those things where and I've even thought that, my, that I, I've thought this myself. And then I'm like, God, that would actually be the worst thing where like you think, oh, I wish I could read people's minds. Then I'm like, oh, my God, that would be horrible <laughs> no. if you oh, knew what God. everyone was thinking. Oh, my God. Like, that would just be. Yeah. Fuck. No, I have enough problem with thinking. I know what other people are thinking. If I knew it to be true, I'd be fucked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so oh, wait, we, we have 10 minutes left and I really want Brian to pick our final topic. OK, but. First, real quick, yeah. uh, we need to talk about our next oh sponsor. Oh, my God. You uh, are so is... responsible. See, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get us paid. All right. Now we're going to talk about um, our next sponsor, which is Raycon. So a lot of people didn't even make resolutions this year. Also, can you believe that it's already April? Oh I, I can't. Like, that's messed up. All right. But you know what? We get it. Um, But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still find a way to shake things up, whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going someplace new. So whatever way you challenge yourself this year, there's no better way to do it than with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. And Raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you because no matter how much you shake things up, literally, uh, and no matter how much you shake, you know what? They will not fall out of your ears. Brett, tell me about your experience with the Raycons. So, like, I I have I have many pairs of earbuds. I love headphones, and I walk my dogs, my dog, singular, all the time. I have never had a pair of earbuds that wouldn't fall out when, it, like, the dog pulls and you make a quick turn. I My ears are shaped funny, and they always fall out. And these Raycon earbuds are literally the first earbuds I've ever had that I can put in at the beginning of a dog walk and never once have to like catch halfway down to the ground. They are amazing at staying in my ears. That's my testimonial. Yeah, I have to say, uh, my husband Grant, uh, he's been saying the same things. He's always dropping and um, um, breaking things as he's been working on makerish stuff in the house and he's had them in and it's the same thing, like they do not fall out. And uh, Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. There's also an awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings. So you can take your Raycons with you wherever you go, and you can use them in all kinds of situations. And that awareness stuff is great, especially if you're going to be walking um, outside or, or, or it's a place where, you know, you might have traffic or other things you might need to be aware of, hence the name. And with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable that they will not budge. 
And as Brett said, he definitely has trouble with the earbuds falling out, but not with these. And Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, and they're priced just right. So you get great audio quality at half the price of the other premium audio brands. And it's no wonder that Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. So right now, overtired listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash overtired. That's right, buyraycon.com slash overtired to save 15% on Raycons. That's buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash overtired. That's buyraycon.com slash overtired. All these reads require that you say it like three times. And I guess, I guess that's like psychologically proven to like lodge in people's memories. But it feels, it feels very repetitive to me. Buyraycon.com slash overtired. Just so but I'm, I'm just, that's buy as in like you want to purchase them. Not exactly. B-U-Y. Raycon, B-U-Y. Oh, that's correct. Right. Yeah, that's correct. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash overtired. Yeah, and in case, just in case you miss it, that's buyraycon.com slash overtired. Brian, that's what do you buyraycon.com slash overtired. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. What else uh, topic? Yeah, we have like you have a whole list here in Quip. Yeah. Including including your own topics. What do you pick for our last topic of the of the episode? All right. Let's I think what we'll do really tight here is um the one that I think is my biggest issue right now, which is how do I learn to leave my house again? Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's finish that line because you're scared of COVID, but you miss your friends. Yeah, I'm, I am. Yes, I am technically higher risk because I'm fat. There's some debate on that, but also I have high blood pressure and I'm about to start taking an immunosuppressant. Same. No, other than the immunosuppressant, I am, I am technically obese and I have high blood pressure and am considered high risk we both have adhd which also makes us high risk which is weirdly wild. enough that is correct adhd yeah. is a, a a high risk symptom yeah and i'm condition, supposed, condition and I'm is supposed I'm to fly for. to florida next month for a fraternity thing and i don't yeah. know y'all like i haven't even seen friends around here yet now i live in the middle of nowhere so it's like a 90 minute commitment just to see a friend yeah right. but so, like yeah we talked about a couple episodes ago. We talked about how uh, we were excited to go mask free, right? Um, and how at some point wearing a mask is just performative, which you had an issue with. I did. Um, you you took us to task on this with a with a tweet storm. There were no less than three tweets, <laughs> no fewer than three tweets to take us to task. For calling wearing a mask performative, do you do you feel like it's not time to drop masks yet? I think you have to be really clear about the risk of the people around you and the um, the level of community spread that you have. So I think in some cases, in some places, you know it's okay to not wear masks. If you are meeting with friends, people you know, and everybody, you know, has been hanging out at home or hasn't been in 
um, a bunch of places outdoors or, or indoors, um, I think, you know, it's reasonable to not wear a mask. Um, I think that rapid tests are one of the great tools of the pandemic. It doesn't mean you're not, you, it, you could have a negative test on a rapid test and still be positive, but you're sure, not sure. likely to infect your friends. So I think there are times where you cannot wear masks. I will tell you that since September, I had one visit with a friend in September where we didn't wear masks and we hung out indoors. But since then, like I saw my parents twice and even outdoors, I was wearing masks. Um, but, you know, I know that everything's changing. So it's really difficult for me to sort of figure out where I want to be here. It's just, honestly, it's the long COVID thing. Like, oh, we know totally. so little about it. Totally. Right. Yeah. People talk about, like, oh, Omicron is super mild and you get over it in a couple days. But we have no stats yet on the long COVID reaction. And that's what freaks me out. I can handle being sick for a couple yeah. of weeks. That's fine. I'm I'm good at being sick. I've I've been I've been sick for a good portion of my life. It's the long COVID and the brain fog that really yeah. scares me. Like the long-term damage, because there is brain damage. We have shown in the couple years that we've had data for. We have shown actual damage to the brain from COVID infection, and that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I, 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 it scares me too. The only thing I will say is, and this isn't to any way discount, I want to no. be very clear about that, like what people are saying, but because long COVID is a concern, but I also feel like, and this, I have a problem with some of the, the messaging around long COVID, because I think that it's it becomes like some of the other catch-all um, uh, like diagnoses where we don't actually know what qualifies as long COVID and what doesn't, and so you see a lot of mixed and 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 because we just don't have enough data, so you see a lot of mixed stuff where people are like, oh, well, I've had this and this and this, and this is all because of long COVID, when it might not be that at all. And so yeah. I, I at least just for our, all of our mental health, just because we are going to have to be out in the world more. You know, even if we are taking precautions, things are are going to um, things are opened up, and and unless you um, want to be committed to staying indoors and taking rapid tests every single time you're around anyone, and, and enforcing that on others too, you know, like there are there are certain things that are out of our control. So for my own like sanity, yeah. I'm looking at the long COVID stuff, and it bothers me. But I'm also trying to be skeptical in a sense that some of the stuff that I see associated with it, I'm like, okay is the medical community really saying this or is this just becoming a catch-all where we don't know clear, what else though, it is? Just to be clear though, long COVID is recognized is officially now recognized as a medical condition. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware of it. And that, also but, I'm fine with never leaving my house again. So. Well, I mean, okay, but, but, <laughs> but, but I'm not talking about whether threat, it's recognized right? or not. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm or, saying it's like fibromyalgia or some of the other, or like Lyme disease or other things where, things are associated with them that might not be associated with them at all. And, that, and it doesn't mean they're not real. It just means yes. that they become a catch-all for things that don't actually have anything to do with that. Like IBS, right? Like there's there's a lot of stuff that is real diseases. Careful. That, I, that become, I, I, I've been diagnosed with IBS and my girlfriend has been diagnosed with Lyme. So... Yeah, and, and those are real things. And what I'm saying is, is that they become, though, for a lot of people... And like a way where you can just throw something, you can say that this is this is because of, of this um, here, diagnosis. Here, well, he, go ahead. 
there's all there are always situations where people will not be like won't know or are trying to find an answer for something that they're dealing with and the only thing that they can figure out themselves how to connect it back to is long covid and the problem of course with long covid is it's not like you can get a it's not like there's a test to be like oh exactly. you have sure. long covid it's like you had covid and then all of these other things happen yeah and right and all we know is that they happened after you had covid yeah and mm-hmm. you know it is it is hard to necessarily know what connects and what doesn't yet but yeah yeah, well, like, like that's the scary thing. My diagnosis like, of IBS basically came after multiple interviews and then a colonoscopy in which they didn't find anything they were looking for. And that's when they said, okay, you have IBS because we can't explain this yeah. in any other way. That, right. Yeah, that's the tricky part about a lot of these is they are like diagnoses of elimination. Yeah, exactly. And I do think, Christina, one of the things that's different, I mean, Brett, you were like, I'm fine never leaving my house again. I'm not. <laughs> and that's the part that I'm and, and the worst part is, is that my partner, like Nathan, is fine not leaving the house. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, what would make me more comfortable is if he left the house with me. But right. he's like, uh, eh. I'm not like, I'm not going to go to Florida with you. Nah. Uh, then do I really want to go? And it's the question of like, what is worth it now? Like, right. That's no, that's change. a good, that's a good point. I, and I think that maybe that becomes like what you have to kind of address with yourself. Yeah. And maybe you need to also express to him, like if his concerns are not health-based, if his are more like, I just don't see the need to go out and be social. I don't see the maybe, need to go to Florida. Well, but, but maybe, but maybe he would see the need to be with his partner who wants to see friends and see people and want support. And I think he would do some of that with me. Um, I, I think he is just, you know, much like many of us, he's very disappointed in humanity right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he's like, if there's, you know, he's, I was like, what if your parents got sick? They live in, they live in the Midwest. And he was like, I would probably drive to see them. I was like, okay, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's just figuring out that space and figuring out what we're going to do. Because if it's not that, like, I'm supposed to be in Atlanta for our fraternity's convention in July. But that's far enough away that that doesn't feel real yet. Right. And also, Atlanta is not Florida. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it, it's, it's, people don't wear masks, but it's, it's not Florida. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, who knows? We could, I'm, a lot of it depends on this. You know, the other part is that, like, every time we think we're out of it, there's another wave. It's just so exhausting. Right. Well, and, and I think for me, and I think this is why I said that that at a certain point, the masks were performative. And I do kind of stand by that. I understand completely where your critique came in mind, and, and, and I, I appreciate that. I think for me, though, what I've had to come to accept is, and this is what all the, the experts have told us, too, is, like, this is not going away. This will never go away. There are always going to be other ways. And now, there are things it. that we can do... Right. There, there are things that we can do to make it better, and hopefully it will dissipate over time. But, but the, the time when humanity could have eradicated this is over. So for me, it then does become about, okay, well, then how do we figure out how to live with it? And yeah. in some areas, it might be about recognizing, as you said, depending on the spread and depending on the other things, having a mask on and doing those sorts of things. But in some areas, that might not be what the situation calls for. 
And even if a situation doesn't call from that, you don't know where everybody has ever been, right? So, okay, you're in an area with a low spread and it feels completely fine to not have it, have a mask on, but someone who was in an area, you know, with higher spread comes in and even if they were masked up, they could still give it to you, right? Like, I, I feel like it's one of those things where um, it's going to be almost impossible to avoid. And so there for me, it's about like- there will always be a risk. And so it's just a matter of like having to kind of, you know, put it on yourself. But I feel like that, that air, at least for me, I I'm no longer willing to just not go out and not participate, yeah. but, but I do respect people who do and, and people who are struggling with that. Okay. What would, what would you need? And this is the question I would pose to you. What would you need to see, to feel better and to feel like there's less of a risk? What would the do cases need to be zero? Do hospitalization rates need to be down uh, low? Like what do you need to see where you can like mentally feel okay? I guess. Yeah, going I out. think that's a really helpful frame of mind. And I think the thing that I struggle with the most just at this point is that like planes are possibly totally cool because of their high rates of exchange and stuff, you know, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But, like, what if they get rid of the mask mandate on planes? You know? Right. Um, I can, you know, is it just that maybe I'll just drive a lot more places as an option? Or take a train, you know? Um, who knows? But you're right, like, Christina, it is, like, what is the thing, you know, that you're that I'm comfortable with? What are the constructions of that that I have to be comfortable with? But then the other part is maybe, maybe I just need to do a little something. Yeah. To help like break the, like to just know that like you can go out, sit outside with your friends without wearing a mask and you'll be okay. Yes. You know, and you take I think that that's risk. Import- yes. I think that's important. Like I had, a, I had an instance um, a number of years ago where I was like deeply, I, my anxiety was really, really high and I'd never had agoraphobia before in my life. And I had agoraphobia and it was terrifying for me and it was awful And the way that I got over it was my doctor kind of told me, like my shrink told me, he was like, you have to force yourself to go out even when it's hard and even when it's uncomfortable. And so I think that what you just said, if you could maybe find a place to be outside with your friends and know that it's okay, little by little, you might become more comfortable. You can still have like what your own personal risk assessment is, right? And you can still make your decision about what type of, you know, um, if if you want to do certain types of transportation or, you know, if you want to have like masks in in certain places or not. But that putting like those little step forward might be just as uncomfortable as it is. It might just be a necessity Um, just just because, and and again, like this is for you because you're a social person and you don't want to be cooped up and, and the world is not... Like the world is has we've we've basically said we're done with all of this. Whether that's the right move or not, it is, is, what it is. It, it, right? You know what I mean? Like like mm. whether that's correct or not, it, it doesn't matter. Like the world has decided that it's no longer you know doing that other stuff. So if you want to be part of the world, then you know you need to figure out how you can maybe slowly become more comfortable. Yeah. So should we should we hit our 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 graps? Oh my god! Do you, do you guys have time for it? Yeah, I have time. Do you have time? I know you had a heart out. Yeah, so. I can do it. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll do it quick. We'll do it quick. This is the Graptitude segment where we talk about great apps, graps that we are super into this week. Brian, you kick us off. All right. I, I'm kicking us off with Do. D-U-E. Um, I love this app. It is an app that lets you create all sorts of uh, timers and reminders 
And the thing about do that is that really like kicked it onto the scene was it has auto snoozing reminders. So what that means is it'll go off at a certain time and then it'll just keep repeating like every five minutes or however (laughs) long you set it until you mark the thing done. So this has really been the key for me to like organize a lot of stuff that I struggle with, with my ADHD because it's always there on the list if I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love do it's a single developer who's been doing it for years. Um, he's from Singapore. Uh, I tried to find, he's also like one of those people who doesn't talk about himself very much. Like it's just like the website, but it's been consistently updated since I think this thing launched in like 2013 or something. It's been around for a long time and regular updates still come. Yeah. I remember do from way back in the day. Yeah. I love you so much. Yeah, I so I use a I use an app called uh, Fuck. I'm just gonna make this my pick for this week. Is okay. uh, uh, MetaSafe. Let me let me check the name. Let me check the name. All right. It's in my recovery folder. Uh, it's called Met. Yeah, MetaSafe, and it it gives me reminders when it's time to take my meds and it doesn't shut up. In fact, it, it incorporates Apple's emergency reminders, which even when you're on in do not disturb mode, allows it to like set off an alarm. And so if it's, if it's half an hour after the time to take my meds, it can break through my do not disturb and be like, Hey, time to take your meds. Yes. And so I never, miss my meds and and i have to check them off and i can check them off on my watch or my phone whatever's handy uh once i've taken them and then it shuts up but it does not let me forget so metasafe and you can enter and you can even add like friends you can add med friends that if you go half an hour without taking your meds it'll text your friends to be like hey you should tell your friend to take his meds and it it's it's a perfect system like i've i have not missed i have not missed a dose of meds for like years now i've been using medisafe for a couple of years that's phenomenal that's great yeah i actually really like this idea because i i could really i could really actually benefit from this same okay because <laughs> I, I have to take that 2 p.m adderall or i get in a fight yeah you're right it's it's just good for everybody Awesome. All right, Christina, what you got? All right, so mine is uh, Audio Hijack 4, which uh, came out, I think, uh, last week. And um, I have been using Audio Hijack for many years, but for a long, long time, my primary way of recording podcasts was actually to use Call Recorder because it integrated so seamlessly uh-huh. into Skype. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Skype, um, uh, Call Recorder, Ecamm is, is not doing that anymore. And so, I've been using Audio Hijack, and I looked and I realized that version four just came out. It's a really good update. It's the first um, major release in seven years, yeah, I don't which I can't believe it's been that long. It's got a new design. Um, they've added some new features. Um, I like I like the new design stuff. You can now do scripting by JavaScript that I haven't totally gotten um, into, but Jason Snell has written about it. But I have to say, if you're somebody who does any sort of like recording of audio, whether it's podcasting or you're trying to record from other sources and control, you know, inputs coming in on your Mac. It's a really, really good app. Rogamib is a great company. Um, they do a really good job. And uh, that's how I'm recording this episode right now. Uh, big fan. Here's the thing. 
So, yes, Audio Hijack, it's how I record all of my podcasts as well. It is essential. And Rogue Amiga apps in general, I use basically all of them. And I would go to bat for Rogue Amoeba anytime. What bugs me is they added scripting, but they didn't, they still haven't added a basic Apple script library that lets you load a session via Apple script. Like you can script it internally now, which is amazing. And you can do, it opens up a ton of possibilities, but to have a simple Apple script that just says open audio hijack and load this session and start recording, right. you still can't do. And it drives me insane. That is frustrating. Um, they can you it has does it have a, it has shortcut support though? Doesn't it does. It? it does, and I have to look into that further. Yes, for sure. Yeah, Jason was talking about that. I, yeah, I'm really interested in looking into that more. I think I'm going to buy one of those stream deck things too. Oh, I, yes, I love my. I have multiple stream decks. I love them. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, Jason has on um on his uh, blog Six Colors has um uh, showing how he was able to get um it integrated with a Stream Deck um using Keyboard Maestro, um which is pretty cool. So, Jason, I know Jason Snell. Jason, we can also man. give one more shout out. We're gonna give one more shout out for our gratitude really quick, and that's gonna be for our good friend uh, Casey Liss's app that he released. Casey uh -huh. Liss has an app. Oh, yes. Um, and it's called, oh, no. Um, oh, no. I, I think I've used that app. So, um, is, is, is this Masquerade? Masquerade, that's it. It helps you cover up people's faces with emoji. Oh, yeah, I did see idea. that on Twitter. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. And I think it's so <laughs> much fun. Uh, and I love playing with that app and just putting emoji on people. And the latest update that he put, you can now put Casey's head on things. Ha 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 ha. That's awesome. And so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> awesome. That's really, really good. I like that. Ha ha having a Casey uh, sticker. That's okay. I like that. I like that a lot. There should be some sort of like Konami code that like has like a Marco or a, or <laughs> oh a uh, Syracuse um, yes, uh, face Casey, in it. Become the next underscore. Add crazy things into your app. Not underscore. Exactly. Um, James. Yes. James yeah, yeah. Be, be the next yeah. James John Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Konami code. I love that. Like three taps. Four swipes in a twirl. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. It's the Marco mode. All right. We're all late for our next thing. So yep. you guys get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. The system is going down low.